and welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. With winter's arrival and dark evenings in good supply, this is the perfect time to gain your favourite gardening podcast fix. To help you through the spring, Saul and myself will keep you entertained and informed with podcasts on wide-ranging topics such as winter pruning, propagation and planting. Plus, we'll provide regular updates on important industry developments, along with lively discussions on all manner of horticultural topics. We'll aim to bring you two short 20-minute episodes a week, along with a longer bonus interview with a key green-fingered peer every month. As ever, if you have suggestions for episodes that you'd like to hear, please just tap us up on our respective Twitter accounts at Gardening Saul and at Head Gardener LC. We'd be delighted if you'd join us on this journey as we step inside the busy and exciting world of the modern Head Gardener. Hello Saul, lovely to see you as ever. Good evening and good evening everybody who is listening. We're a week away from Christmas. Oh, we hope you're all well and hanging on. I'm, I feel a little bit like I'm hanging on by my fingernails. I, I've had a couple of days of my energy levels just completely nosedived and I've been trying to spin those plates, write the Christmas cards, get the, get the prezzies sorted, get all the food sorted, um, get everybody in my life who's important to me all gifted up and sorted out. I'm just about doing it, but I I could do... I have had a chocolate or two before we've recorded this podcast, just so that... to top my energy levels up. So I'm hoping that will get me through. You do so much more than me and Nick, Lucy. We haven't even started <laughs> thinking about Christmas. It's a week away. It's a bit of a weird one this year, isn't it? Because it's, it's right on a Friday. I'm actually working all the way up to Christmas Eve. Nick, Nick my partner, yeah. works for the NHS, so she's actually working during Christmas. So... In some ways, right. we don't really, yeah, it doesn't really feel much like a holiday, like lots of people. And I know this year's been weird, and we've just had some more rules put out, so that's going to stymie yeah. some people's Christmases. So we're really sorry if that's affected you. But um, yeah, weird old Christmas this year. Weird old Christmas. It is. It's going to be different, but I, I do feel, I feel that gardeners are people with resolve and um, patience and are able to turn bad situations on their head and um grab hold of the the good out of the bad and i think um i i'm i'm looking forward to my christmas it's just going to be with my immediate family and they're they're um very precious to me so i think we're just going to hunker down we've we've got all the we've got the logs for the fire We've got the uh, the Christmas TV guide. <laughs> We've got the food in. You know what? What more do we need? You know, honestly. And my, our legs were walking round to 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 walk off that that, that um, eight kilo turkey we've ordered. So yeah. we're good to go. <laughs> There's not that many of you. Eight kilos of turkey. That's going to keep you going. Yeah. Oh, I'm a leftover. Oh, I'm a, I love my leftover stall. That's my favourite bit of, of Christmas. So I get that turkey carcass and I chop it all up and put it in the freezer and then I make stock with the bones. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> that, is, that is Lucy's Christmas sorted. One turkey yep. and she is ready for three days worth of, I don't know, Christmas Christmas food. And my, and my famous, I've got, I do, a good, I do a good stuffing actually as well. I've got a, it's a mixture of sausage meat, breadcrumbs, lemon zest and juice and herbs and egg and all sorts of niceness. And it's rather tasty, so... Yum. Looking forward to making that as well. Oh, well, I better, so, I better come round then. Well, if, well, I've mentioned sausage meat, so... I'm not, I'm not allowed to come anyway, so... 
<laughs> it's just a shame. You'll have to post I'll put, it. I'll put a picture up for oh, you. Geez. I'll I'll do I will you know, there you go. I'm at, I'm at my Christmas spirit runneth over. <laughs> put a picture of your turkey up. That's just what we need. Exactly. Yeah, well, you know, I like to share. So 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 what we thought we'd discuss tonight, because there is still time to people in the, your life those last minute gifts and if you even if you don't you know this, this can be a list for for maybe next year or for your birthday if you're i've got a birthday in the spring so um this was inspired by saul because saul has actually got uh, quite a lot of uh, would likes on his christmas list and so we thought we might run through them and see what mr walker would like to get in his christmas stocking this year um because i i can see the list in front of me so i know what we're going to talk about there's some good stuff in here so there's some very high tech kits which i would not expect anything less from you obviously knowing you as i do you you love your gadgets and you love involving yourself massively in all the technicalities of things so i i can i can see why this is a list bespoke for yourself i'm looking forward to santa coming on christmas eve i must say yeah no i i, I think uh Christmas birthdays, like you say, any time you get gifts, is quite a really easy time for gardeners, or, or I should say for relatives of gardeners, because I think it's really easy to buy for a really keen gardener. You know, there's so much out there in terms of, well, we could talk about tools, we could talk about books, we could talk about all sorts of uh, gadgets, plants, you name it. It's mm. really easy. And, you know, since I became a gardener, I think all my relatives have found it relatively, you know, simple of what to buy me <laughs> at the end of the day i'm a man i'm not, not a man who needs much uh, in his life just uh, things that will help me to make me a better gardener i don't know these things some of these things are quite swanky you know are they yeah i think so looking at them i mean i'm i don't i'm not I, i'm far from me to say it but i i'm uh, <laughs> my my um birthday and christmas go-to for my family members now is beth chateau vouchers I've got loads of them. I, I love. She's the nursery's just down the road from me. I am. Um, there's a certain part of my garden that I'm uh, sprucing up and, and rejuvenating. So that is that is the go-to for everybody. If anyone's out there, listening. Was, well, do you know that's you know, a go-to for all gardeners? If 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 in doubt, go down either the local garden centre or a really like you've got a very famous nursery stroke garden or or one of the gardens yeah. or or one of the things I was thinking of is if someone's very keen or really getting into gardening is go to one of the plant societies or one of the plant groups or the local clubs and buy them mm. uh, a gift membership, membership you know a year's yeah. membership uh, you know the the two major societies probably in the UK are the Hardy Plant Society and the Alpine Garden Society for specific plant groups but there are people like the RHS and the National Trust, so some of the mm-hmm. some of the bigger organisations, and they all do really nice gift memberships. And it's not just a membership, say, to go to see the gardens or go to the society meetings, etc. You also get so much more with it. So there's generally a magazine or a journal that comes with all the societies. Both Hardy Plant Society and Alpine Garden Society have amazing journals. You know, for the mm-hmm. price of the membership, which is, you know, between 20 and £30 pounds for the year, very, very cheap, I think. The journal comes out four times a year and probably makes it, you know, more than the, the cost was more than double that for the really keen gardener and it's the same with the rhs they bring out the garden magazine national trust has its own magazine and then you get the benefits of going to the place but it also just gives it's a really good gift i think for someone who's just starting to get the bug 
or you sort of gone yes. from the casual gardening, maybe go and get a few plants to suddenly getting just a little bit more interested and really want to know how to uh, really get on with their garden. I think it's a great membership because it gives them that sort of push over the, the threshold yeah. towards becoming a really good, keen gardener. Yeah. I think magazine subscriptions, as you say, gardening magazine subscriptions are in themselves useful. But when you join a society, I mean, I'm the member of the RHS. I know you are yeah. as well. And we get the Garden Magazine, which has just been voted for Gardening Publication of the Year. Uh, so congratulations to the team there. Um, but it is, it, it's more than... The, the magazines offer you the, the content, but the, the, the society members will get, um, whether they're for the AGS or the the HPS or the RHS, they get advice, don't they? You get um, newsletters about all the events coming up. You get you get an awful lot of, um, of, of bang for your buck there. So that membership fee is um, it's a helping hand. And as you say, for, for newcomers to gardening, that can be immensely useful and supportive. And just if you're at all daunted by anything and you've got an advice line that you can phone up or someone you can email and ask, ask questions... That's it's invaluable. It really is. No, it's, it's a it's a really good one. Um, now, sort of thinking on the lines of actual things to wrap up and stick under the old Christmas tree or or in the stocking. Uh, there's plenty yep. of things that I've been thinking about that I would really like, and we're going to go uh, <laughs> to. Now, I know people on this podcast may think I've become either uh, the official <laughs> spokesman or the uh, the fat the biggest fanboy. Of this Is there company. some kind of sponsorship deal you haven't told me about? So I wish, I wish. <laughs> anyway, I've absolutely this year fallen in love with Nowaki Tools. Um, it's a Japanese tool company which is owned by Jake Hobson, and he brings Japanese, uh, primarily gardening tools. Although he has expanded the range this year uh, over from Japan and, and has sold them to. And I, I switched mm. the first tools I bought. I switched from my Felcos. I'd, I'd lost my Felcos. They were in the compost heap. I, I've actually found them now. But I actually bought a new pair of um, secateurs from uh, Nawaki. And they're just amazing. They've revolutionized my whole gardening life. I, you know, uh, yeah, that sounds very grand, but they're just really amazing, sharp, precise secateurs. I was going to say, qualify a bit. What is, it, what is it about them that makes you so blown blown away by the cut the the cut of the secateurs is amazing the steel is amazing the simplicity of the tool as well it's a bit more simple than uh felco's and it just it just makes something like rose pruning or apple pruning an absolute joy i think you know um yeah and then and then i got the hori hori which probably just was the (laughs) icing on top of that secateurs cake which is this japanese um weeding knife and i can't believe i've gone for what 19 years of my gardening career without one because weeding planting digging bulb planting slicing up herbaceous plants it does everything it's just Mm -hmm. an amazing piece of kit anyway i bought now have a knife i have a cap i have uh tool rolls (laughs) i have books jake's have jake also has books on um Japanese pruning and training and uh, you know I can't say anything more uh, about Nuaki uh, and so there were three things that I w- was specifically wanted for this Christmas now the first one is th- this herbaceous sickle I don't know how many people uh, have got big herbaceous borders but you have to chop everything down it's okay with secateurs but it gets a little bit mushy and I've seen this herbaceous sickle at work and it just goes through the whole everything that you're trying to cut down with one swipe 
of the sickle. Brilliant. So I'm really looking forward to trying those. Um, I'm really getting into bonsais in the last month. Um, I'm a regular watcher of YouTube. I, I'm sure that lots of people are. And there's some really great bonsai um, nurseries on YouTube. Heron's Bonsai and a Swedish bonsai guy who works in Nashville, very strange, called SEN Bonsai. He's really good at putting um, videos up. Anyway, I'm going to get some bonsai tools from Noaki and give it a go. Ah, oh, they do. Oh, I see. So Noaki do bonsai as well. well. Obviously, they will, I guess, with their heritage. Um, I I do like a bit of bonsai. Mm. I think that um, there is quite a kind of calming, cathartic hobby, isn't it? Bonsai. And um, I've I've been on root printing demonstrations for when I was at the RHS of, uh, of bonsai. And you think, you know, bonsai is quite a gentle art, you know. It's oh, a tweak no, here, no. a little snip here. Oh, my Lord. See someone do some root pruning on bonsai. You, they, they rip the tree to shreds. It's horrific. But it's it, it works. It keeps them compact. That, that's essential for them. So so do have a little look at that if you if you can on, on, on YouTube or any of the other um, video tutorials. Just to mention very quickly, I know you mentioned the herbaceous sickle for your for your borders. I use my pruning saw. I've got my silky pruning saw. Really? And I just go to, yeah. And honestly, I just saw through Interesting. the clumps of herbaceous perennials. Yeah, you have to watch your fingers because it's quite a blade. But um, that, I know, because I know what you mean about the secateurs. Yeah. Snipping individual stems, uh, say of rudbeckias or... On large borders, it's not feasible, is it? No, no. So I've been using my silky. But I can see how the, the hurry, hurry, because I've, I've seen your videos of that on, on Twitter. And I know that that would do a, do a very good job. Now, you've mentioned here... <laughs> is this to do with gardening kitchen knives so what's this uh, yeah i did say that uh, jake and nawaki have spread out into other tools and they have this beautiful i must say beautiful range of kitchen knives you know if you just oh, have them displayed tasty. on a wall you'd be quite happy with them <laughs> beautiful rolled steel and just lovely knives but i'm really into my cooking you know we've already discussed how much you like your turkeys um lucy and i think <laughs> a new set of kitchen knives. Well, you know, at the end of the day, I think if you grow a lot of veg like you do and I do at Stonelands, mm. then you're bound to be doing a lot of cooking. So, yeah. you know, a new yep. set of kitchen knives, ideal. I will tap them up. I will have a little look and see what they offer. Now, so we're going to move on to your next section of must-haves for Mr. Walker. So there's a few books here that obviously have wet your whistle. Can we? Should we go through... Especially the first two. I think a head gardener worth any salt should have an amazing bookshelf. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. there are so many really good books and they're great resources. The internet is great and I must say there's so much information. But actually in gardening, the books still really are the the goldmine for for differing subjects. Because gardening is so wide ranging, uh, especially the specialist books. And uh, there are a lot of really good coffee table books out there. And I already say that Monty, Adam, all the big names have bought out some really nice books. And they're, and they're very mm. good to have a little read over while you're, uh, while you're sipping a coffee. But the ones I've got here are very specific to um, sort of the kind of things that head gardeners, people who, who are working in gardening. Uh, need to know go on go on so you've got two listed we and i know the authors of, of both of them there's so, three there's so three listed lucy we'll get to the third at the end <laughs> <laughs> anyway the first one the first one is um from someone who inspired me and a lot of my fellow friends actually uh, as you all know i grow quite a lot of exotics uh, i have um a garden of a lot of tender plants and the guy who sort of spearheaded that in this country his name was will giles now anyone who remembers Gardener's World, 
maybe 15, 20 years ago. Remember, Will was on mm. Gardener's World with his exotic garden and he was a revelation with all these bananas and canners. He was the first to bring in all these big-leaved plants. I don't think Fatsia had caught on till Will started doing it. Anyway, he wrote a fantastic book um, called The New Exotic Garden. Unfortunately, it's out of print, so I can only get it through second-hand um, bookshops. But... Anyone who really wants to get into exotic gardening for the new year should try and get hold of Will's book because it's absolutely brilliant. Lovely. I've got the Christopher Lloyd books on exotic gardening because to me, again, he was he was so fundamental in, in just that look. Maybe not so, so much the actual tender plants, although I know at Dixter they do grow an awful lot of tender plants too, but it was that look, wasn't it? That yeah. jungle, umptuous, massive big blooms of, and colours and richness and a tapestry of... All sorts of oh, just delicious stuff. So, so yeah, I say I've, I've got. I've, I don't have a bookshelf. Everything's under my bed. Very frustratingly, <laughs> because we don't. We need to. We need to do an extension on our house. And and practical girl that I am, they're the one under the bed. There's so. something for Christmas. A set of bookshelves. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, the the <laughs> second book is very much highlights my botanical background and my need to understand plant groups. And that is uh, the book which is called the Genus Mechanopsis. Blue poppies and their relatives. Anyone who doesn't know the mechanosis, it's a it's a group of poppies which have these really intense or uh, beautiful blues, almost shimmery blues. And there's there's a lot of species you can get. But the yeah. uh, the author of this one is Christopher Gray Wilson, who is an ex Q botanist, uh, big name in the alpine world, uh, edited Alpine Garden Society Journal and a few others. I say big name, big name, full stop. I would well, say. Well, uh, absolutely, yeah. plantsman, uh, plant explorer. There's nothing this guy doesn't know, uh, especially on the Alpine mm. front. So, I'm really also that book is big. It's a it's a it's a tome. The, w- one of the things about my books is they're very heavy. My mum generally gets my books, and she can't believe the weight of them. So this, I mean, this one is um, I would say, as a monograph, isn't it? Yeah. Essentially, when you have them as a, as a on a specific plant look like this. So um, there's and you say there's a lot of mechanopsis. There there are. I've never grown them. I have I have absolutely stood in awe of displays of them as places like Chelsea Flower Show. And I know they need very specific growing conditions. Yeah, you you'll struggle. You'll struggle in Essex, unfortunately. You just get too dry. They they actually need the weird combination of cold and wet, which is um I get the wet down here, but it's not cold enough. Although I do grow Mechanopsis, I do struggle as well. So the classic place to go and see them is North England and Scotland. That's where they grow really well. Uh, it's one of those inverse plants which we can grow most things down south really well. Not that. That has to grow in colder areas. So you go further north. Uh, and the third book, and I really think that everyone should go out and go and get this book. Lucy's going bright red, and it's the step by step veg patch. By Lucy Chamberlain. Look, I I know that um I know that you didn't want me to mention this, but it is a terrific book for veg growing. It really is fantastic, and I think you should all go out and get it. I haven't got it yet. I'm still waiting for my signed copy. Oh, sorry. I've been waiting for about a year. Oh, it dear. hasn't arrived. You didn't hint big enough. I've you know. <laughs> so I think now I can take that as quite a big hint, and it will be taken on board. <laughs> Uh, and, and couriered to you ASAP. All right. I was going to say, you've got four postal days till Christmas. I so know, with my finest scribble on it. We'll we'll um we'll we'll gloss over that quite quickly before uh, Lucy explodes with embarrassment. But um, 
one of the th- classic things that you can buy gardeners, and it's something you, you think don't think, well, I buy them all year round. Why should I buy them for Christmas? But it's plants. You know, we love plants. You know, why why not get gardeners and plants? And I know Christmas does not seem like the best time to be buying plants for people because they're uh, they're not looking at their best. But there's a lot of plants out there that are looking at their best and it's a really still a really good time to plant them. Mm. We've mentioned them in podcasts before. Your shrubs and your trees, this is still an ideal period of time to it's go It's the planting. best time. It's the best time. Don't please for goodness sake, please don't keep planting things in the summer. It drives me nuts. It really oh, does. You know, it's hot, it's dry, the plants don't settle in, their roots just don't get a chance to grow. And in the winter, it's it's perfect. They're dormant. Uh, you you know if they've got plenty of time to settle in, they'll they'll establish themselves nicely in the spring. Become more drought and wind and and element tolerant by the time the 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 seasons throw everything they can at them. So so yeah, this is a as you say, you know I've mentioned already. I get my gift vouchers from Beth Chateau. I I, I will toddle off there any time now and uh, and come back skipping in delight with these pots that yeah they might look at the moment to all intents and purposes quite bare from buying herbaceous perennials for example, but perfect time to do that absolutely perfect so and, and what's better for someone more what's more permanent and long term than buying someone a tree you know you can look back on it year after year and remember that someone got you that uh, one christmas I, I can't think of anything better really well as i mentioned in passing i think in a, lo- a last episode uh i've bought my my dad trees uh for year upon year and now uh, with it where he's planted them we've got things like the red oak snake bark maple um liquid amber in the they've got a, a large nursery and, and so they've got sort of acres to plant these these sorts of trees they look lovely now um, and i bought i bought them for him when i was at Wizzy's, so that's a good whew, 15 years ago at least and they're, they're looking a nice size now can i just add as well vegetable seeds you know if you've got anyone who loves growing their own get him a, love sele- a yeah. lovely selection of vegetable seed packets there's some fantastic companies out there that have some some really good Selections. The one I'm looking at at the moment that I'm drooling over is, is the Chiltern Sea catalogue, but there's many others, many others. And um, what, what, yeah. what's better than ten seed packets of Ooh. tomatoes wrapped in a bow? That is Lucy Chamberlain's <laughs> ultimate present: is ten packets of tomatoes. I'll tell you what, you'd be on my Christmas card this forever if someone ever gave me that. That'd be great. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we're no. just before the podcast wraps up, we're just going to mention one more thing. Now, I don't know if you know this one. Do, do you, have you heard of a dew point cabinet? I've Lucy? heard of one, and uh, ah. but but I want you to explain it to me because I have heard of it, but I w- would never ever claim to be uh, have any major knowledge on it. So please explain to me why you'd like one. So it sounds quite it sounds quite uh, futuristic and fancy, but actually oh, yeah. it is in essence just a quite a large propagator. <laughs> so, um, but it's self contained. Uh, it has its own lighting system. Um, it's like a mini greenhouse. It looks a bit like a cold frame on uh, on a table, in a, in essence, uh, uh, with lights at the top. But what it does is it keeps the temperature within the propagator itself to what we call the dew point, mm. i.e. Uh, when the humidity within the air um, c- uh, comes out on the leaves as little... Uh, droplets of dew right basically if you if you co- go out on a cold morning coldish morning onto your lawn and you see lots of dew that's what's happened and the key thing with the dew point cabinet is because it's always keeping the leaves wet on whatever you're propagating they don't have the chance to transpire fully and therefore they don't exhaust themselves before they put 
their roots down. It's it's an amazing um, propagator for getting really hard, tough things like I grow really rare stuff to root. Well, now we all know we're all that little bit older, about 22 minutes as far as I can work out, and wiser. Having listened to your marvellous list, thank you very much for putting that together. It's an insight into your, as I say, your um, horticultural tenacity, I think, because you, you do really love to go into in depth into these uh, into the tools the uh, I said the, the monographs um the plants your dew point cabinet I will, I will bear that all in mind so if anyone's listening who who has um wronged mr walker in the past and needs to write him again you, you could buy him one of these pieces of kit or if you want to maybe try and wheedle yourself onto the podcast you want to bribe him I, i'm not suggesting anything but you know maybe a dew point cabinet in his stocking would go some way towards doing that so um that's, that's a big old stocking <laughs> <laughs> but so in, in all seriousness we, we you know we we do hope that um this has inspired you or or piqued your interest or made you think do you know what i know the very man or woman who would like one of these pieces of kit either this christmas next christmas or in imminent birthdays so we hope you've enjoyed That concludes today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening and look forward to you joining us again for the next instalment. Any review you'd like to leave via your podcast provider would be gratefully received. Winter is a natural time in the gardening calendar for reflection, adjustment and musing over new plans for warmer seasons ahead. So Lucy and I hope to inspire and educate with our thoughts. We'll also bring you interviews with some of the very best personalities our industry has to offer. We aim to dispel the myth that gardens, and therefore gardeners, slumber in winter. We promise that in this profession nothing could be further from the truth. As two enthusiastic and passionate head gardeners, winter is a busy season in our calendar. So let us help you keep one step ahead in this most marvellous and rewarding of careers. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! Goodbye!